Blog Talk Radio. I was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met. Diamond Dallas Page. Started doing yoga, man. I started doing a, a thing called DDP yoga. It's Nacho Mama's yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the Diamond Cutter. Diamond Cutter! Took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP Yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits, it was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around, it's just pretty cool. More than important, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP Yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP. Radio. Well, hello, my fellow DDP Yoga Warriors, DDPY Warriors, DDP Radio Warriors. It is Wednesday night. It is 9 p.m. That is where I currently reside in uh, the 154th floor of the DDP Radio Megaplex in beautiful Raleigh, North Carolina. And if I stand on top of the building and if I look to the great white north, if I squint my eyes really far, I can uh, somewhat make out the, uh, the beacon of light. That is my, my one and only Canadian co-host herself, Crystal Stewart. <laughs> and uh, she is radiating bright right now, but I'm, I'm assuming that you probably about, what are you at, like uh, 147 inches of snow right now? Um, yeah, there's a little bit. <laughs> it was snowing. Just yeah, as we started you're, you're just up perpetually again, so. covered in snow. True, true. But, uh, but welcome no, to the show, either. Crystal. Thanks for coming on with us. No, thank you. No, I'm like, well, thank you for coming on with us. You're, you're the co-host here. I'm acting like, uh, like I, it's just a, it's an anomaly that you happen to show up. It is an anomaly that you choose to put up with me every Wednesday night. That's the anomaly here. Um, I think you and my, my wife should start like a uh, start like monthly meetings or something like <laughs> <laughs> support group. But um, oh. yeah, support group. Um, but we're gonna get right down to it because we uh, we got a you know we got a lot of ground to cover tonight. Um, you probably have seen this guy around the DDPY community for quite some time. He pops up pretty much everywhere the, the forums, the message boards, all over the uh, the DDPY site. Um, and he is, uh, he's, he's a guy that a lot of people can relate to. Uh, he's a guy in the trenches, has good days, bad days, but he's constantly fighting the good fight and uh, working very hard and has been working very hard uh, through some challenging health issues and, 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 and all kinds of stuff that's going on. Uh, so uh, you know him. He is the one, the only, Nathan Munzel. We're going to get Munzel tonight. How are you, Nathan? I'm pretty good. How are you guys doing? Hi, Nathan. Good. Ah, wonderful, wonderful. Um, I had to uh, throw in the we're going to get muntled because uh, I told my wife, I'm like, it's going to take everything in my power not to say going to get muntled because that was one of my favorite quotes from the, the movie uh, Kingpin, where you get munsoned. So it just oh, yeah, it worked. Munson. <laughs> yeah, munsoned. That's one of my favorite shows, too. So, oh, that was, that was a good one. So we're going to get into this in just a second. Crystal, you were telling me something a minute ago before, while we were going in the air. The intro fired, and I missed it. Did you say Jake is on um, AEW right now? Um, yeah, so I was just watching it. it he looks good. Yeah. He had a yeah, spot been, with, yeah. um, oh, what's his name, Cody Rhodes. Oh, all right, then. Uh, yeah, we got yeah, the big so- Wednesday Night Wars heating up. You know, AEW versus NXT versus DDP Radio. We're neck and neck in the ratings, yep. but I, th- I think AEW last last week took the win. But uh, if any of you are watching AEW, you're all dead to me because uh, this is where it's at, DDP Radio. Line. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, Jake looks <laughs> phenomenal. And, um, we've been talking about Jake for a long time. Hell, he was the co-host of the show for a while, uh, for a short few months. Yep. Um, but, um, you know, with Jake... You know, he's one of those guys that, you know, he so was in that in the position of the DDPY Performance Center. 
um, where he had all that structure and, and, and everything was kind of, you know, monitored. It, great place for a recovering addict to be that you wondered once they got back out into the world, which is the professional wrestling world, can be a, uh, a difficult place to be sober in, um, how he would be doing. And, and, man, he is one of those guys that just continues to prove people wrong because I'll be the first one to admit, when I heard uh, Dallas was moving Jake in, Steve Yu told me, uh, over, we were having dinner with Katie and everybody, and he told me Jake is moving in, and I was like, I don't know if that's a good idea. Like he's got such a bad right. history in DDPY, it was just on the cusp, and he's just one of those guys that like a lot of people, you know, kind of <laughs> called off and like deemed a lost cause. You know, a lot of people yeah. did, and I'm so I'm not proud to say I was probably one of those people, and he's to this day just defying everyone's expectations, and it's awesome to see. The uh, the resurrection, if you will, of Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, yeah, he he's and, doing really well. Yeah, very very well. And uh, you know, there was a lot of work put into that. That wasn't DDP. That was Jake. So Jake did a lot of hard work and, and got through to the other side. Um, uh, speaking of a lot of hard work, um, we we you know we all are in this community for for some reason. Either we want to better <laughs> ourselves, lose weight, uh, gain flexibility, muscles, or just some kind of change in our life. So I'm going to start from the beginning. Here on the show, we like to call, uh, you know, the superheroes of the big thing. So we have the DDPY origin story. And, uh, Nathan, I'm going to let you take, the, take the, the bull by the horns here, and I'm going to say, what was your origin story? What made Nathan Munsell go and seek out DDPY and then ultimately take the plunge? Well, it all started, uh, I would say, the beginning of 2015, uh, I went into the hospital because I'm prone to getting really bad cellulitis and, and it usually hospitalizes me for at least a couple, two, three, four days sometimes. And uh, I had a flare up. And when my wife took me into the hospital, I was having a really hard time walking. I was having a hard time breathing and I just couldn't figure out why, you know, and it was actually frustrating me. And then I got on the scale at the hospital and uh after i saw the the numbers on the scale there i was like oh no wonder you know i was at my highest which was 681 681 pounds and it just devastated me um it really hit hard uh, emotionally mentally um i ended up uh they ended up sending me home that night and i just sat in my chair and i just bawled and bawled and bawled and i didn't know what to do. I was, I was, I was in a really bad spot mentally. So, um, at that moment, you know, I got on social media, which was, um, not Facebook at that time. I got on Twitter and I don't know why I went to Twitter. It was kind of one of those things. I, one of those social medias I very rarely used, but I got on there for some reason. And, um, I followed DDP and I saw a video where he had posted that, uh, something about uh it was a holiday post and an old holiday post about uh what inspires him and it's people like this who inspire him that keep moving through their challenges and stuff and it ended up being a video that he showed on that same post of slim gilliam who was mm. almost 700 pounds or so at the time and he was using ddpy to take take his life back and uh doing his journey and whatnot so i watched that and it instantly like instantly hit me i was like this is my calling you know i'm really big about signs you know and that at that moment to me was my sign that that's the avenue i needed to pursue and that night i took the last little bit of money i had my my wallet there and ordered the the program on the the website there and got my DVDs I think 2 3 weeks later and I hit it hard and uh that's when I originally started and it was because of that story there that uh got me started That's amazing. That's amazing. So and <laughs> so you, you how long have you been at it so far? How many years has it been? I started in April of 2015. I was going heavy, real strong. Um, that first, 
that first year. And I had lost over 200 pounds. I think it was like 250 some pounds that I had, that I had lost by um, October, November of that year. And I had some stuff come up there about September, October ish that put me in the hospital. Um, I know there's a few people that follow my journey that, um, Roger is one of them who always brings this up, but, uh, there was a, a video where I was in the hospital and I was doing my DDP in the hospital bed before the bed flex and all that came out and, uh, and whatnot. And that was when I started having these real weird episodes. And, um, so sometime after that, I ended up going to about, the end of October, beginning of November, I ended up going down to Atlanta, Georgia, to the Performance Center, and I got to meet Jake, and I got to meet DDP, and and a whole bunch of people there, and and uh, kind of tell my story there, what got me started, and then it was the beginning of 2016, my episodes started coming back again. And they just eventually turned into full-fledged seizures. And then those seizures, those seizures kind of like put me in a real bad place. Um, I was having two and three seizures a day. I was, I was far too weak to even get up to move. I ended up completely losing track of, of focus and, and kind of went down this, this bad slope the slow fall into this pit so to speak and uh a lot took place that year and I ended up falling off off track and it wasn't until this this year actually that I finally I would say finally pulled myself out and started picking it back up and getting to where I'm at now but uh through those through those several years you know I've tried all kinds of different things and, and just could not pull myself out. But it was this year that I finally said enough's enough and I picked it back up. So I would say off and on since 2015 and of 2015. It, it, it gets wow. so frustrating. I'm sure, you know, when, when you've got a, you know, a weight problem like that, like I know a few people who have been in my life that have been like 600 pounds or more, and it's so so frustrating because when you're that you know weight, you know there's just going to be some stuff that comes along the way, you know health issues or injuries and stuff when you're dealing with that, and it gets really hard and discouraging to push through that stuff. And you know that the best thing for you is on the other side, but when you when you make a little bit of progress and, and your body just doesn't allow you to move forward at this movement and knocks you back a little bit, it's so hard to keep pushing against that that force. And but that's where the victory is at, and, and I'm facing something similar myself right now. And, and it's it's hard as hell to because it work. It's extra hard to push back once your body starts giving you a little bit of resistance. It's hard to fight that um, and to keep moving forward. That's where the freedom is, but also it's incredibly hard to get there, and it's frustrating, especially when you want it so badly. You're motivated, you're determined, but at the time you're the the weight behind you and, and the injuries and, and the health issues are working against you. So it's this perfect storm and it takes a lot of perseverance to push against that. And, uh, it seems like since 2015, you've been here, it's 2020 now you're still here. So that's a huge sign. You may have, you know, wavered a little bit here and there, but you're still here and you're still showing up and that's where the winning's done. It's not all about the finish line. It's about you're still here. And that's a huge, 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 uh, thing. It's a, it's a big victory oh, yeah. in itself. Well, well, yeah, like you like you said, it's like when I first started this, man, I was like, I was I was so stoked at the end of 2015, coming close to the end of 2015 in November when I went down to the performance center. I had great success. I was I was in like the high of my life, you know. I was I was feeling great, you know, because for once I was doing something for myself. And then it was just one of those things, like 2016 hit. And life-altering things just happen, and, and I didn't expect it. You know, you, you never expect it. And 
No. I wasn't prepared for it. I wasn't prepared for it at all, and that's where it all fell. I mean, like I said, the the seizures started January, full-fledged seizures like falling, convulsive shaking two and three times a day, like the middle of January of 2016, and even still today, I have seizures sporadically, so I have to really watch and, and whatnot and be very mindful of my situations before I go and do anything. But, uh, that, yeah, and then that, you know, once that hit, it was like, man, life was just turned upside down. I didn't know whether I was coming or going. I didn't even know who I was. I mean, I was so mentally gone. I didn't, I didn't even know who I was. And then that same year, that summertime, 2016, my wife got attacked by a dog, which hospitalized her. It almost killed her and on the oh, side God. of the road. And uh, we had to rush her to the hospital, totally ripped her arm apart and just, it was, it was horrible. And then, uh, so we, we went through that, that struggle. And then the end of 2016, my grandfather passed and that one's still hard. That's okay. That one's still hard, but I think I think I finally got over that, and uh, I'm using I'm using what he always told me to keep me going now. But uh, damn it, I said I wasn't going to do this. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, but yeah, that one that one hit. That was the end of it. I was I was done. I I just wanted to die. I was done. Um, I couldn't take any more. And then 2017 was a blur. Um, mentally, emotionally, physically, everything above. It was just a mental blur. And then um, 2018, I, I, I did everything I could. I tried, uh, let's see, what was the first thing I did? I I heard uh, actually one of the DDP radio talk shows with uh, Hayden. Hayden Walden, I think, was uh, helping helping you out there for a little while with it. And he was talking about the DDPY certification. And I had called in and uh, I had asked him a question. I asked him uh, what the the time frame was that you had to finish the DDPY uh, certification because I thought, well, here's the motivation for me. If I start, you know, trying to go for the certification that would get me back into working out, it would get me, you know, need to do something to work towards as well as work towards working out for myself and try to use that as a tool to get me back into it. And, uh, he gave me some great advice. I went and, uh, Went and uh, signed up for it and total fail, totally failed it. Didn't even finish it. Still today, and it didn't even. I don't think I put in five hours. <laughs> you know, I just totally bombed it. And uh, I, I don't know. And then after that, I tried last year. I tried to do the DDY, DDPY Positively Unstoppable Challenge to get me motivated. Signed up for that, same thing, just bombed it. And I, I don't know, just for some reason, I could not pull myself out of that funk. You know, I kept, you know, I kept working out once, maybe twice every three, four months, but nothing, didn't do nothing. And then finally it was uh, Christmas, this last Christmas, um, I told myself before, before Christmas, because like, my birthday is on Christmas, I said, you know what? Enough is enough. I had goals that I had set for myself for uh, my 40th birthday. I didn't achieve it. You know, I'm going on my 41st birthday. I said, you know what, 2020 is going to be my year no matter what it takes. And and then I actually started a little bit before, or about that time, I started working on, like, more trying to be more mindful of my uh, uh, what I ate as far as portion control. But I didn't really kick 
get kick-started into it until right at the beginning of this year, January or January of this year. And uh, I just said 2020 was going to be my year and it, nothing was going to stop me. And, and here I am. That's awesome. Well, that's a hell of a journey, you know. Crystal, uh, <laughs> do you have anything? Yeah. I, was, I didn't, I didn't yeah, interrupt I was, you. Sorry about that. No, no. I was just going to say, it's really easy to um, fall into a rut when there's things going south with your health. And, and just, you know, it's really easy to just unpack your bags and stay there. Uh, I'm in that boat. Um it seems like it's more often than not lately. Um, but I, I always look to you because I, I think one of the most amazing things about you, Nathan, is you always trying. I always see you trying. And I don't know. It just makes me want to keep pushing play. And, it, and I think that's a really important thing to not, you know, just, show people that you're doing well and you're, you know, you're making progress. But I think it's really important to show everyone that, you know, you fall, you fall down too. And for me, I fall flat on my face. Yeah. So I really commend you. I know how difficult this is. So, yeah. Well, I thank you for that. I I know this year, I, I, I kind of been doing things a lot different this year than I did in the beginning. Uh, I know that, um, I had to take it step by step and yep. I know I had to work on not just my weight, but I also had to work on everything else. Cause I remember when I first started, like I said, I wasn't prepared for that next year, what to come, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for the seizures. I wasn't prepared for the, all the other stuff to take place and mentally. And that I think because I wasn't prepared for that was my demise you know so this year mm-hmm. yeah once I got back to it I I, I told myself you know this year was going to be my year and once I got back into it I set it in stone you know I was going to do it in increments I was going to work on this I was going to work on this and I was going to work on this and and a part of that was also preparing myself mentally for anything that may come up that could potentially be something that would really mess me up mentally, you know, because I think that it also is a part of the journey not just the weight and stuff. So I'm kind of taking a different, a different approach this, this time around. I think that's really amazing. So, So I have this quote wall, it's in my workout room and one of the quotes was, and I mean, it, I, it just made me think of it. You want a steak and you, you know, you desire a steak and you crave a steak and you really, really want it, but you don't eat the whole cow. You just eat a small part of it. You just have a small steak, you know, that made me think about everything because right. I'm in this weird position about knowing where I once was to where I am now. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. completely different ends of the spectrum. And, you know, I'm sitting here wishing that I was where I was, but I'm not there. I'm not there. I don't even know if I can get back there, but the whole trick is, is you can't eat the whole cow. You just eat the you just have a small steak. So I think to yeah. break it down into smaller pieces, I think it's really important. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. that's exactly. a great point, Crystal. Oh, go ahead, Nathan. And I, think, and, I think, and I think that's, you know, kind of where my mind frame has been, too, is that, like like you said, not eating the whole steak just or not eating the whole cow, just the one piece of steak of it, you know. Yeah, Cause, yeah. Uh, I've been doing kind of the same thing, you know, like first I wanted to work on, like, I knew that the, I knew that eating my, my eating habits were going to be the hardest. And I knew that the second hardest was going to be my mental. So when I wrote it out, I was like, okay, I want to, I want to take the first week and I want to do 
get myself moving because I went stagnant. I, 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 I didn't move. I mean, I lost all that weight, and then because I fell off, I gained it all back, you know, and then I got myself yep. even more mentally frustrated. So I was like, you know what, I, I'm back at square one. And as hard as it's going to be, I can't look at the past. I got I to gotta start going towards the future. And that's the mental part that's, that's really hard for not just myself, for everyone, you know. I wanted to start just by getting myself moving, you know. Yeah. And I wrote yeah. it down in, in, in week, weekly increments. So I was like, the first week, I'm going to do something that is going to get me moving, whether it's a workout, whether it's walking, whether it's, you know, going up and down the stairs more, whatever it is, every day this week, I'm going to do something. And then after that, the next week, starting week two, I'm going to work on, like, my diet. I'm going to cut out sodas, you know, because I was, I got back into drinking sodas really bad. So I wanted to cut out all my sugary drinks and, and go to just water and tea, you know, or whatnot. And, uh, stay away from a lot of the carbonated and sugary drinks. And so that was week two. And then week three, you know, I went to my, you know, as far as my diet goes, I'm going to watch my portions now a little bit, you know, and try to eat more in a day because I got, I get my whole life. I've been in like this bad habit of eating just once a day. And it's always like way late at night. Cause I had so many things going on during the day that, I didn't eat because, you know, like other, other situations that I had that kept me, kept me from eating. Um, because like I said, those other situations. So I, I wanted to get myself out of that habit. So that was my next week and then so on and so on and so on. And then it just got to where I finally went through the whole list. And now I'm just like, okay, what do I need to do next? <laughs> you know, Cause uh, <laughs> I went through the whole list and I have, I have nothing to so now it's like trying to figure out what next to, to change because I'm already eating a little bit more and I'm a little bit less, you know, if that makes sense. <laughs> and I don't drink sodas anymore. I drink water. That's it. <laughs> so, you guys, and I'm getting my points and exercising. Oh, sorry about that. So, oh, no, you're fine. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Um, I was going to say, Crystal, you know, you brought up a great point, and it's so crazy how you always have the, that, that intuition of where I was thinking we were going. Um, because, you know, Nathan, you brought that up, um, you know, changing things up a little bit. The great thing about DDPY is, is you can, you know, make it your own. It's one of those programs that he says you can make it your own, but it really is. You've got options. You've got, you know, everyone can kind of fit it into their lifestyle. For years and years, I was an obsessive note taker. I felt my day need to be notated. It had to have a schedule written in front of me. I had my to-do list. When I was losing weight, I came up with a roadmap of where I wanted to go, what I had to do to get there, what workout on what day, what meal on what day, and I put all these notes together. And I realized after a while that, you know, as, as good as it is, it is to have a plan and to be prepared I didn't know how to cope with when shit went haywire. I didn't know how to do when my plan yep. went off the tracks and then I had to reassemble. Last year, my like I really made a point that if I was going to change things up, and, and it's one of the things that has worked better for me than anything I've ever done in my entire life, I realized that I, I depend too much on plans. I depend too much on a roadmap of what I'm going to do. And so for the first time in my life, I said, I'm going to worry about you know, without any rules, without any regulations, I'm going to worry about I'm here right now. What is the best decision I can make in this current situation? So if I'm at a restaurant, I may not hit all my dietary check marks, but we're at a restaurant, we're here for dinner, we have friends, what is the best choice I can make here? And you start looking at it moment by moment, and, and suddenly it stops being so overwhelming because you don't disqualify yourself when you're at a situation that you can't. Because when you do that, and I, and I have nothing, so my rules are out the window, so I'll just go nuts. And it throws everything off for me. But if you take it meal by meal, situation by situation, when that meal's with over, you have another decision in, in four hours to make. Make a better one there. You didn't make a good one for lunch, make a better one for dinner. And it really changed my mindset on stuff because I did not know how to handle when my plan went off the path and taking it right there. It's not always going to be the best decision I could possibly make in the world. It's not always going to be 
follow all my guidelines, but I'm here. I'm looking at this menu with <clears throat> the choices I have. What can I do right now that's better than I would have done? And it really yeah, changed the absolutely. game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, I, uh, I, I ran into a psychologist, and they kind of planted the seed in me a long, long time ago, and it's something that has just kind of stuck. And they said, when things in your life seem to be all going off the rails and things are just all going what you perceive to be wrong, um, that's just nature's way of seeing how bad you actually want whatever it is you're chasing. So it just makes me push harder. Yeah, it just makes me push harder. My my life doesn't even exist on the rails. If everyone else's life is on the rails, my train is driving through houses and schools and <laughs> yards and, and, and grocery stores. And that's where my rail, that's where my track is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's like the restaurant thing, man. It's like the restaurant thing. I have now like two or three different restaurants I know I could go to and be good at. And it never fails. Like someone will say, hey, can we go here? And I'm like, uh, wait a minute. I don't know if I can do that one. <laughs> you know, because I know when I get there, I'm going to be bad. <laughs> you know? Yep. So I, I get, so I'm like, uh, that's that moment where I have to really think, no, uh, maybe we should go here. Because I can have a salad here and be fine. <laughs> you know? It, you no, know, it's, it all, it's all about knowing knowing yourself as well, too. Like knowing your pitfalls. You know, there are certain times where I'm in certain places where I'm going to, at a restaurant, I'm in a mood, I'm overtired, <laughs> I'm over hungry, and all I'm thinking about is the shittiest thing on the menu. And you know what? A lot of times it, it's, it's important to, to acknowledge the way you're feeling and maybe not make, not eat Brussels sprouts for dinner, but maybe make a slightly less shitty decision just to get it out of your system. Because I, when you're, I'm one of those people that if we're at a restaurant and I'm eating a salad, I'm just stewing watching everyone else eat the creamy, cheesy, good stuff, you know, all that stuff. I'm, I'm just stewing and I'm miserable. And then I'll ultimately eat the salad and then I'll go home and sabotage myself and pound something terrible into my mouth. So I think that a lot of times you know, being able to negotiate with yourself as well, like say like, listen, I, I, I know that that's all I'm thinking about right now. Maybe I could make that a little bit better and maybe get that craving out of my system while also making a, you know, be able to communicate with yourself, not in public, you know, not outside of your head because then you get weird looks at the Olive Garden. Uh, I don't know any experience, but uh, I heard. Um, (laughs) But, you know, being able to sit with yourself (laughs) and negotiate. And I apologize to that night's waitress who heard me in a full-on yelling match with myself last month. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And it's, and it's funny you mentioned Olive Garden because as you're saying that, it's, it's bringing up this total moment in my head like of a, a, about a month ago or so. We're sitting here at the house and we were watching the uh, TV program and there was an advertisement for Olive Garden and my wife, she is a huge pasta fanatic. Like she could eat pasta, I swear, 24/7 if she can get away with it. And for, for some reason, she's been craving this this manicotti dish. And it was funny because the Olive Garden commercial was promoting these all-you-can-eat stuff noodle pasta dishes or something like that. And I knew once I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, I know she's going to want to go there tomorrow. I just know it. And then next thing you know, the first thing out of her mouth is, hmm, I know where we're going for lunch tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) man. Like, okay, so we got there. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my God, how am I going to do this one? I'm just, like, trying to mentally get myself prepared while I'm looking at this menu like what am I going to eat I was prepared to eat like just the salad I was like I'm not going to eat nothing though I'm just going to get the salad and I saw this dish that was zucchini noodles it was like the zucchini noodle pasta dish and it, it even told you the calorie content and everything it was like 500 and some calories I was like you know Thank you. There Those was a sign right too. there on the menu. Something 
something healthier than eating a stuffed noodle, you know? <laughs> and I ended those up are, having that as my, as my meal. And it was, it was actually you know, pretty decent. I've never had a, a zucchini noodle. So that was like a first for me. But it just, it's funny you know, how you, you brought up the whole Olive Garden thing. and it, I totally had that moment like about a month ago. <laughs> You know, I you know, I was I've always I've been fat for forever, and and I I was never a sweet sweets weren't my thing. It was carbs and pasta, and I, and I grew up in a a very strict religious household. My mom came from the Church of Jesus Christ uh, because she would put <laughs> three inches of cheese on everything. So that was basically our religion oh, yeah. growing up. Like my everything, you know, our, our our breakfast cereal had an inch and a half of cheese. So she hooked it up to the vein like right away. Um, but so it's always been my thing. I could care less about sweets, but cheese and pasta and carbs and those garlic, those commercials, I mean, they will screw with me at the middle of the night. Like I'll get angry because it's insulting to me because I feel like it's like, like dangling like needles in front of a junkie on live television, because yeah. that's how much I, my, I relate to like, you know, it is to me. I mean, that's what it is. It's heroin to me. Pasta and cheese and oh, stuff yeah. is my, is my downfall. And I know that people have compared the food eating and the and the drugs, you know, all, many many times. But I I completely believe in that. I completely believe that my brain lights up when they see a commercial for Olive Garden the way, you know, a junkie does going into like you know, old haunts that they used to score drugs at. It really is. There's a connection there that I can't place with anything else in my life. And it is. It, it gets really hard, oh. especially when everything's social revolves around food every holiday everything revolves right. around food how do you deal with that it's easy to get out of a you know the back alley and not walk around looking for drugs anymore you just don't go to that part of town it's not easy but what do you do when you know every holiday you're around a table with all of the things that cause your downfall just surrounding <laughs> you and being pushed on you at the same time by people you love oh yeah like you like you said with you it was always cheese and and carbs i was born and raised in tillamook <laughs> in tillamook oregon tillamook cheese you know cheese factory was literally like half a mile down my from my house and it so i got you with the cheese and, and potatoes everyone used to say uh, you come into my household if my mom's cooking there's at least five different potato dishes <laughs> and that is no joke there's potato salad there's potato mashed potatoes there's baked potatoes there's you name it there's potatoes (laughs) and that was our household same same way growing up you know it's we used to have a bet we used to have a bet when someone new would come into the house if if they were like really really tiny people we would have a bet on how long it would take them to gain 50 pounds in our house with my mom cooking. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Literally, that's, it was like, oh, yeah, it was funny. If, if you couldn't gain weight, everyone was like, just go go stay at uh, Nate, Nate's house. His mom makes a spread like you'd not believe. I mean, we'd have a barbecue, and there'd be – it was nothing to have at least five $600 worth of food, enough to feed oh my. a good – a good army or two, you know, <laughs> and people be, were able to take food home. It was crazy, but that's hey, that's, that's how amazing. Yeah, and it's amazing what you get used to, and you know, it was it's kind of funny how we set ourselves up sometimes for self sabotage. Like I know, <laughs> I know that I cannot be, you know, anywhere near cheesecake. So I had to find a better way to make it. So now I make raw cheesecake with ingredients that, you know, so it resembles cheesecake, but it's much healthier and my body will assimilate it better than actual cheesecake. <laughs> so, you know, there's, I've had to find alternatives. <laughs> So I don't self sabotage. It's it's been interesting. The best, the best place to find that stuff. I'm serious. Go to stacymorris.com because Stacy has yeah. so many great recipes that you can take the things that you love, like Crystal was talking about, cheesecake, and convert them into something that's more reasonable 
and, and less, you know, less sabotaging. Um, I, that's such a great point, Crystal. You know, and especially, you know, I know that it's, we're in a time now where, you know, there's more food available and also America's in the world is, is, is more obese than ever. So you also want to balance the I don't want to live eating nuts and, and twigs my whole life. I want to enjoy life. Right. I want to experience life. But there's there seems to be people now that are kind of gravitating towards the middle, you know, creating food or, or offering food in restaurants that are are healthier options while not sacrificing so much of the taste because, you know, we're, we're I'm I'm a fat guy. I've been dealing with fat guy stuff my whole life. You know, it was always the the polarity of you can have lettuce or cookies. Like, and I feel that there is a ton of middle ground, and I feel like there's a lot of healthy foods that are really delicious. And Stacy, I think, really cracks the code with Chef Bill when it comes to a lot of that stuff. Uh, it makes yeah. these healthy foods enjoyable. Yeah, and I mean, it just goes to prove that a guilty pleasure shouldn't have to be something that you end up paying tenfold for. I mean, it, it, it's true. And I think that the guilt and psychological stuff that goes along with being obese and being ashamed of eating, you know, I we talked about years ago on the show here. It was way a long time ago before you were here, Crystal. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about, like, the holidays coming up. And they said, do you worry about the holidays? And I said, no, I don't worry about eating health the holidays because the holidays will be always the one place where I don't struggle <laughs> to eat bad food. Because we're surrounded by people, and I always had in my head that I don't want to be the fat guy loading up his plate at the table. I didn't want everyone seeing me. So I would eat less on Thanksgiving than I would any time of the year because I was ashamed. I was ashamed of the fat guy going back to the table over and over again. And so I just have a light meal, and then I go home and binge at home. And that's what the kind of mindset that we surround ourselves with food, and it becomes instilled early on in our life. And I think that as big guys, the guys who deal with that, like, like myself and like Nathan, you know, I think what we do is we punish ourselves and we're, we end up creating a psychologically, uh, a, an unhealthy relationship with food, both good and bad, because the good, even when we're on board, we've got that bad habits stuck in our head that we've just got cemented in there that we have to be all the way in and any kind of deviation is a failure and we'll ultimately beat ourselves up over. That's from right. my and speaking. You know well oh, yeah. I, yeah. And you know, as well as I do, anything that is laced with guilt, I mean, will never fill the void. The void just gets bigger and bigger and bigger because you're the coping mechanism that you're trying to find is under all the guilt and it's just, it's a vicious circle. I mean, you just don't get rid of it. Yeah. And you end up sabotaging your own self by, you know, like your mind frame at that moment, you know? Yeah. And I, and even, even still now, like, you know, with all the changes that I've made and stuff, you know, one of the biggest things I'm, I'm still getting used to is, is, you know, since I've been doing like, these different uh since I've been doing the journey you know at the beginning of the year you know I, I've worked on my eating habits I've worked on my portion control well as you start to lose that you know that weight and you start to work on that your stomach starts to shrink too you know yep. so getting yourself to remember that hey two weeks ago you know I could eat a a, a big old salad now I might not be able to eat that whole salad. I might be able to only eat half that salad because my stomach's starting to shrink now. It's starting to become a normal stomach, you know. And then you get you end up overdoing it again because you think, hey, two weeks ago I could eat this whole salad. Now I'm going to make this whole salad. Now I'm sabotaging myself because now I'm full. And you know, for me, I don't like to I don't like to uh, to waste food. So sometimes, you know, I've had, I've had really bad habits with like. I'll get full and then I'll overstuff myself to finish my plate because yep. I don't like wasting it, you know? Yep. So it's, it's, it's also getting that because you know, your mind frame will sabotage you every time. See, and it's really funny that you mentioned that. So the kids and I were sitting around here having dinner the other day and they were full. And I said, if you're full, just, you know, you could either pack it away for leftovers or you could just 
toss it in the rubbish. I mean, whatever, I, I either way. But I remember when I was a kid, we weren't allowed to leave the table until our plates were clean. And oh, I yeah. think I never that had a problem with that. Really, right? It's a really bad <laughs> habit to get into, though. No, I mean, it is. It really is. Um, and, and, you know, I had a buddy of mine put it really well to me one time. He said, you know what, the food is cooked. It's on anyways. It's better. The rest of it, if you've eaten your dinner, it's better in the trash than in your belly. And I thought, you know what, yep. that's right. The cook's already food. I can't donate it. I can't just send them half a lasagna to the, to, to the food shelter. So if it's going to be here, I'd rather the trash than in my belly. Because I'm, I'm bad with leftovers. I graze. And I'll be picking at that for the rest of the night and acknowledging to myself that despite my best intentions to save it for lunch tomorrow, it ain't happening. You know, I think a lot of it, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to know yourself enough to be able to call yourself on your own bullshit. And despite my best intentions, sometimes I'm not going to make a right decision. And I know that in that moment. So put it in the trash because if you're eating it out of the trash, that's a whole other problem. But, you know what, it's one of those things that, like, you know what, I'd hate to waste this food, but it's already here. It's already cooked, and I don't need it inside of me. So setting yourself up for success and setting yourself up to a place where you can be, uh, you know, an asset to yourself instead of just a hindrance. Because I have been, time after time in my life, I have been in my own way for a lot of different things. And to say to yourself, this isn't the best scenario for me to be in, Throw it away. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's really funny about your situation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, you know what? It is something that is always a constant reminder for me because when I go to my grandmother's for, I don't know, Christmas dinner or something, I mean, there's just like Nathan said, there's mountains of food and, you know, you just think, holy moly. So, you know, it's been a really interesting thing with me because I've given up meat. I don't really eat a whole lot of meat, if any, anymore. So, you know, and I don't know, it just amazes me how your meals are structured or how people structure their meals. And one of them that came up, like I said, was, you know, having to clean your plate. You don't have to do that at my house. <laughs> you just you just don't. But yeah, it's just like my grandmother. It's meat and potatoes. Well, I don't eat meat, so <laughs> it's really funny. And you know, it's funny the resistance that people have around food choices. And you know, well, I can't do this or I can't do that, and and just what everybody in your life will do to you. Because of said choices, it's funny. It's really funny. I think all all of us, all three of us on this call here came up in a similar generation. Like we're kind of generationally, age-wise, around the same bracket. And I always call yep. people who grew up around the time I, the Velveeta generation because we have a lot of people eating healthy now, and they're passing on those healthy values to their, their kids, which is awesome. And my parents' parents grew up in the Great Depression era where you're lucky to get a potato or a piece of meat once a week. Right, right. So my parents came along once all this processed garbage started becoming popular, you know, with the Velveetas, the, the, you know, all the cheesy casseroles and hamburger help, all this stuff, Kraft macaroni and cheese started coming around, and there wasn't any kind of pushback because we didn't know a lot of the stuff was garbage for you. So they started pushing it on to us, and, you know, it's, we developed those problems. And my mom is such – you know, we all grew, grow up with people. We, we, everyone's mom is a great cook, I, I assume. Like, everyone I know is mom is a great cook. Um, we had a family like, – my mom worked for a surgeon. A really, actually, it was a very well-known surgeon in Boston, and she was uh, kind of did front desk work for him. And his wife was uh, one of the Boston Pops musicians, and she was, you know, skinny as a rail. She was always fit, always working out. So she got really upset one time because she thought he was having an affair with, like, my mom or somebody. So she, you know, called my mom on it. And the truth of the matter was he would come every day to my parents' house, sit with my mom, my dad, myself, and my brother, 
because my mom was such a good cook, she'd cook some cheesy, gooey casserole and then go home and then go home and eat the healthy stuff that she gave him after. So she was making a side <laughs> trip to my parents' house to load up on carbs and then going home and eating the salad that she prepared. So it was like one of those situations where my mom was just noted for her cheese and deliciousness. And when you grow up with that all the time, like you're gonna, you know, everything else is gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna change the way you look at what dinner is for, for a pretty good amount of time. Yeah. But where I was going with yeah. this is I feel like people are healthier now. And I think people are trying to pass on better uh, habits to their kids. And I think our parents meant well, but the, the, the science wasn't out then. We didn't know a lot of this stuff. A lot of the stuff we consider diet food is now considered the worst food now. So it's all yeah. trial and error. Well, you live and you learn. Well, plus, well, plus, you know, when I was younger, you know, we, you know, like I'm, like I'm sure you did, and then everyone else, you know, we ate a lot of meat as well as a kid. But where I grew up, I lived around a lot of, like most of my family were hunters, and they were, they went out fishing and and hunting and whatnot, you know. So we didn't eat any store bought meat, and if we did, it was at a barbecue time, and we got it from like the local butcher that got his meat from local sources anyways so right we didn't eat a lot of the stuff that was bought in a store so to speak and even during that time a lot of that stuff wasn't pumped with the stuff it is now to make it genetically modified and all that you know and as time as time progressed you know as we got older and they started doing all that stuff and the food you buy now is just not good for you anymore it's not like it was back then when we were kids. So, and the, and people are starting to see that now as, as well, you know. So I think that's also helping with what you were saying about uh, people trying to make healthier choices now. Because like, I know my wife and I, we don't eat a lot of meat now anymore because uh, after we got our pig, we just kind of <laughs> our pet pig. We kind of seen a different a different path for us. But uh, yeah, so we don't eat a lot of meat anymore. But uh, but even if we did, you know, it, I, I don't know if I'd eat anything bought in a store anymore because of all that, you know, all that extra stuff put in. Yeah. It. The problem with the grocery stores now is they're not filled with food. They're filled with food-like products. And, you know, it's... And it's all supply and demand. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I go to farmer's markets supply. when I can. Uh, Unfortunately, we're covered in snow, but, you know, when it's available, you go get it. So The farmer's market is exclusively harvesting snow cones in Canada right now. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> True story. <laughs> I'm oh, just glad well, it ain't snowing here right now. <laughs> oh, I'll send you some. I'll send you some. Oh, please don't. Oh. I've had enough of it the last, <laughs> oh, gosh. It it finally stopped snowing. I think a week ago. Well, no, a couple of days ago we had another snowfall, but I was sick, so I didn't I didn't get the privilege of going outside to shovel that. But boy, I tell you what, I'm so glad because I'm tired of the snow. Yeah, I I'm hear way you. looking forward. I'm way looking forward to summer. <laughs> I'm 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 originally from New England and New Hampshire, and the last snowstorm just the last year we lived up there. Five years ago about now, the last year, I'm just like, I couldn't do it anymore. And all my friends up there, because we're close to a bunch of ski towns, a bunch of ski resorts, and all my friends were like skiers and snowboarders or winter activity people. And I always said that, you know, New Hampshire is great if you're winter activity people. But the problem is, I believe if you're a winter activity person, you're a monster. <laughs> Go inside and warm up. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, wants, uh, I told my- who wants to fly down a mountain for fun? I don't get it. Right? I told my my wife, I moved here about 19 years ago, going on 19 years ago, and I loved it when I first moved here. But now I told her, if I can get away with it, I would love to be out of here before next snowfall. (laughs) Whether that's possible or not, I don't know, you know, financially. But I tell you what, if it was, I would be out of here by snowfall next year because I cannot handle the snow anymore. I just, mm-mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're, you're going to strap these. Oh, sorry, Kristen. Go ahead, Mike. No, go ahead. I was, just, I, I was saying that you, so you want to strap these planks to my feet and then push me down a mountain. How much are you going to pay me? Oh, wait, I got to pay you? Are you insane? <laughs> right? <laughs> and they're greased. <laughs> anyway, no, sorry, Crystal. This, I saw this post on Facebook the other day, and it said that welcome to Canada. The definition of friends with benefits is neighbors with a snowblower. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right. Well, story. the show is almost <laughs> over, and all this, all this, all this snow talk is making me angry and I don't want to be angry as I depart DDD radio. So <laughs> we got, we got a few minutes uh, uh, left to go. Uh, we're going to get Crystal's quote, but I appreciate uh, Nathan. Thank you so much for coming on with us. It was fun talking with you tonight and uh, we'll have to have you back on again soon and get an update for your journey. I'm sure we'll check back in again Absolutely. at some point soon. But uh, before we go, do you have anything you want to plug? Do you have any kind of blog where people can follow you or, or page or classes or anything like that you're trying to get? Uh, you know, okay. I, uh, I have, I have my Facebook page that, uh, people can follow if they like. It's at, uh, just facebook.com and it's team Munzel. Um, and it's my road to a healthier me page, but you know, as far as it goes, I post everything on there, my personal page, DDP yoga page and, uh, 2020 positively unstoppable page i posted everywhere so and whether you know you're on my personal page or not i make sure you know it's out there but uh be watching i'm doing something for my first time this year and it's going to be happening this saturday uh, i'm going to post it. i'm going to try to make a live video but i don't know if i'll be able to because of the internet quality but uh we have a thing called fur ronde here in alaska and one of the events is kind of like running of the bulls in Spain, except oh for it's called running of the, except for it's called running of the reindeer. <laughs> and I don't, I don't run signed up with my wife to go run with the reindeer this Saturday. And it's my first That's time awesome. ever since I moved here to, since I moved here to Alaska, I always told her if I got to where I lost enough weight, I would do it with her one year. Well, this year, I haven't lost enough weight to feel comfortable doing it, but I, I ain't passing it up. I, I, I should have done it back in 2015. This time I'm doing it now. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's awesome. I ain't letting it pass. I ain't well, letting it pass you by this time. So, well, congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Dasher and Dancer Munzel. Good luck at the reindeer run. <laughs> um, I should, uh, she told me. She told me we should dress up like like older folks and wear a shirt that says grandma and grandpa got run over by the reindeer, but I don't know if we're going to do that. Yet or not. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. we, we, we'd like to apologize to any grandmothers who got run over by a reindeer. So all right, we got 90 seconds. We'll be back next week with another episode of DDP radio. Uh, Crystal, who do we got back next week? Who do we have on? Do you know? Uh, I, I didn't look. I know there's somebody, but I didn't look. Well, it'll be an extra special surprise, whoever it is. So tune in next week, and uh, we got a little bit. We got a minute <laughs> left, so uh, I'm going to let Crystal kind of take us away with a quote of the week. Nate, thanks for coming on, man. It was a lot of fun. We appreciate it, and, and good luck this week. Thank you guys for having me on. It was fun. Oh, no problem, and thank you so much. Uh, Crystal, take it away. Yes. Okay, so this is from Marissa Peer, who is an amazing person. Check her out on YouTube if you find her. Um, the quote is, you have to change your thinking and change your words because the pictures you make in your head and the words you say to yourself will change everything. I love it. As usual, Crystal mines a gem from her collection, and uh, it fits perfectly. So change your words, change your mind, change your behavior. But don't change the channel because yep. next week we'll be back with another episode of DDP yep. Radio Live here at DDPRadio.com. Crystal, Nathan, we'll yep. see you guys next week. Crystal, you might want to start yeah. might want to start the generator now, start warming up the interwebs for next week. We'll see you guys <laughs> <Right>. soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take care. Be good. Own it. We'll see you guys.
kicked it today, man. That was a great workout, man. The powerbomb set up by Page. Oh, oh, diamond Cutter. I don't believe it. Diamond oh. Cutter out of the powerbomb. We're going home. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests, inspiration, and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work, and most importantly, own your life. This has been a presentation of DDP Yoga and Blog Talk Radio.